Broken God by Jagger Cole Constantine's war buried me in the darkness. Four years later, he's the one dragging me, screaming from my coma. The viciously domineering, brutal, terrifying, gorgeous tyrant who haunts the shattered fragments of my memories. The man with dark gray eyes as cold as his dark gray soul. I remember almost nothing from my past, but he does. Now he owns my present and my future because Constantine didn't wake me up for free. He brought me out of my darkness to engulf me in his, to own me, to trap me in the maze of twisted games and jagged thorns. Now I'm bound to the broken god of wrath and ruin who might hold the keys to my past, or maybe to my unraveling. Broken God is book one in a duet and not a standalone book. The complete duet is a standalone story within the Savage Air series, though. You do not need to have read the previous books in the series to read this duet. This extra dark Bratva Academy romance is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Step into the Viper's Nest of Oxford Hills Academy and meet the savage heirs of Bratva Kings and Oligarchs. Absolutely no cheating. <laughs> That's Broken God by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're here for the second installment of Destin by Laura Pavlov. And yeah, you're going to have to wait. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, there was something I meant to ask you on the last episode, on Tuesday's episode, and I forgot. What is the lube story that you were talking oh, about? Yeah, I want to yeah. know about this. Okay. I thought I thought, did I mention it? Okay. I so don't know. my my son for Christmas he got a 3D printer. It's called like a toy box. You can look them up or whatever order. He's actually got used the hell out of it. He's made people gifts. He brings I saw the unicorn he made you it was so cute. So yeah, he uses the hell out of it. I'm it was mm-hmm. a I'm a happy investment with it. Mm-hmm. Well the other day I don't know why he was asked why he was making a ring. He made a ring. Oh, okay. All right. I do remember this now. All right. Keep so going. he 3D printed a ring and he comes upstairs and he's got this ring on his finger and he's like, it's stuck, mom. Dad tried to get it off. I can't get it off. His finger's like swollen. And oh so I'm my like, God. I mean, mentally I'm in my head. I'm like, what is going to get something the most slippery? And I was like, oh I know I have God. anal lube that I got the last time I went to Vegas, me and my husband went to one of the shops. Uh-huh. I'm not big on anal. It hurts. It's not. Yeah. But yeah. you know, we're in mm-hmm. Vegas. I can pop a few gummies. We went to the sex store <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'll relax it up. And we can do this. So we'd had this anal and it, it had been like in the back of my closet. So I jumped up. I was like, go stand in the bathroom. And I went in my closet and I got this anal lube stuff and I got it out and I put it all over his hand over the sink. It didn't Did he work. see the bottle? Did he no, see the bottle? No, no, no. Like, I had my hand around oh, okay. and I just put okay. it on there. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is like, this special is some- lotion. Yeah. I was like, this is some <laughs> stuff I use. And he de- he doesn't even, psh, not yeah. even over it. He's not paying attention. It's uh-huh. still not coming off. But then I have to, I can't get this off. So I'm like, okay, go to Papa. I was like, run next door to my parents. You send door. this kid to your dad with ass lube on his hand. <laughs> but, so I was like, go to dad. But I was not going to, even though in my house, like, people will joke about sex. I yeah. mean, sex is a very 
open, mm-hmm. which I love. My mom has made it that way. I yeah. would not have made it that way because I can still be kind of like, yeah. but uh-huh. she's made sex a very open topic at the table yeah. with everybody. So mm-hmm. it's really nice. I appreciate that. So I felt comfortable calling my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I called her out. <laughs> and I was like, so Peyton got a ring on his finger and I tried antelope. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I put antelope on there. I thought that would get up. She like starts cracking up. I was like, so I sent him over to dad. She's like, okay. Well, how did they get it off? I'm assuming of they course, got I it I know off. he would cut it off. Oh, he cut it got, off. Yeah, my dad's got those knives that you can like cut hair with and shit. Yeah. And he has, oddly, even in his older age, he's has, he should have been a surgeon. Yeah. He's a very steady hand. He doesn't oh. shake. Anytime I've had to have stuff taken out of your hand or whatever, yeah. he can do His hand is steady be a d- Maybe that's a dad thing. Like when maybe you get it older, is a dad thing. it's just like, you don't, nothing fucks you up. You know, when you're that old, you're like, I got this. It's like old man strength. And I always say that about my dad. He's <laughs> like, I, I joke with my dad. I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, I'll say that to him. Like, I'm going to fight him. He's like... Yeah. You better come. He was like, if you do it, you better come at me hard. He's like, because I'm going to take you down. He was like, I won't last long. Like, he was like, yeah. my strength doesn't last long. But he's like, I'll take you down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it. My dad's done some crazy shit. I've only seen my dad rattle. I have always said my dad should write a book because he's found like three or four dead bodies in his time. Oh, my God. Like, he has. He's found... Crazy stories from when, because he was a truck driver, found somebody hanging in a tree one time. Oh, my God. All kinds of shit. Yeah, like, the cops were chasing after somebody on a motorcycle, and the guy ditched the motorcycle. My dad gets out there, because he used to, like, work, like, four million jobs when we were little, yeah, but he yeah. gets out there, and he's like, "I'm. it's nighttime, I'm back in this um, thing up, because I got to hook up this motorcycle, he banned it in this driveway, and yeah. he's like, I get out there, and I hear it, and I groan. He's like, I hear, uh... This guy hadn't abandoned his motorcycle. He took a hard turn on gravel and he flew. Oh, God. Into a tree and impaled himself. <gasps> oh, my God. Ooh, yeah. So he gets go. his flashlight out to look and he's like, I think, it's like, I thought I was going to have an animal. And he's like, I was going to shoot it or something. So I thought there was like yeah. a hit animal uh-huh. out here. It's like, I get my flashlight and my gun and I start looking around and he's like impaled in the groaning i'm like oh my god he has a ma- well, crazy stories like this but i've only ever seen him rattled once why and i don't know if i ever told you so you know my sister had my my youngest her mm-hmm. youngest when she was like 16 17 or whatever mm-hmm. when she was like 19 or 18 she was one of the people who left her kid in the car when she ran in to do something oh, and ran no. back out yeah and somebody had two kids were walking by yeah. Hopped in the car and took off and stole it. She left the car running because it was freezing out. Oh, okay. I think I think maybe so. You there was an Amber before. Alert. I remember <clears throat> getting up out of bed at like five forty in the morning or something because mm-hmm. the Amber Alert goes out, and we're like, up. "That's only time I seen my dad rattle, like pacing." Yeah. And I mean, as you would, at. as you would. Yeah, and then he like paced and then he left and he'd come back. But luckily, the kids didn't. Re- the kids got down the road. Mm-hmm. And around the corner, like, down to the target. And then they realized there was a kid in the back. And they pulled over and they, like, fucking panicked. But this, the cops were scared. They were like, we think kids joy, just jumped to joyride. And they said, what we're scared of is it's so cold that they are going to freak out. And, and just leave just, the, yeah, leave the car. Leave the kid. Yeah. Or take the, the kid out of the car and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but they found him a little bit. But that's the only time I'd ever seen him rattle, which was scary within itself for me, seeing him rattle. 
is rattling. (laughs) Well, you know what, though? As a mom, like, I can see I've, I've done it. As a mom, I've done it. Like, I've left my kids in the car to go run in the gas station, like, give them some cash or something, or, like, go run in the dry cleaner and drop something off real quick, because I'm like, oh, I don't want to get them out of the car for something that's going to take two seconds, like. Well, at the time, back then, that was never even something that occurred to me that would have happened. Nowadays, yes. Yeah. Like, we hear about mm-hmm. it. People talk about it. They say, don't do it. But this was 20 22 years, years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, like, 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, it was not even, like, psh- on your radar, but yeah. Well, but I remember, especially I remember as cold friend, as that is, you know. Up there? I remember when I got woken up out of the middle of the night. I was at my friend Courtney's house, and when it happened, so I left her. And I remember years later, when she was in her mid twenties, she got pregnant with twins, and one was really sick, and she had to get gas, and he fell asleep in the back seat, and she had to go in to pay. She called nine one one. And she called 911 and she said, I have my twins in the car. One is really sick and he's asleep. I need somebody to come stand by my car while I go in to pay. Oh, my God. And they came out. Yeah. They came out and they said, we appreciate you calling us. We were just hanging down the street. Yeah. Rather you do that than leave your kids in the car. Of course. Because of that, she's like, I called the car. I know. Well, you, you got to think too, like where you're at, how fucking cold it gets too. You don't want to get a sick kid out in the cold, you know? Yeah. Don't want to pull them out if you don't have to, especially if you can call the cops. Just call the cops. <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah. I never I mean, thought about it either. That's what they're but... for. Yeah. Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-mm. Okay. I've got. But that's my loop story. <laughs> yeah. That's your loop story. So, as in. And, a- um, why do you Spoiler, make I don't think that we completed anal that weekend either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the, maybe you need to throw that stuff out. Okay. So. I, uh, maybe that lube isn't very good. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> didn't get the ring out. Didn't get the nope. dick in. Well, it's and just, lube, honestly, it's water. Most of them are water soluble. So, like, if you get a little bit of water on it, it's just going to wash it away. Oh, okay. So, well, well we got it because I thought I real I specifically got the anal because mm-hmm. I thought it would be. Like extra slippery, yeah, slippery. Like yeah. get it worked in there, <laughs> kind of shit. I just can't. I'm impressed by women that can do. It. I'm thoroughly impressed. Absolutely. I wish I could do it because my husband, you know, it'd be a nice treat. Yeah. But I just cannot tolerate it. <laughs> I cannot tolerate it. Well, you know, maybe it's just finding the right lube, and that ain't it. I guess not. But yeah, I think if you look at the bottle, look at it, it probably says it's water soluble, okay. which means like it's it wouldn't leave like an oily residue. Like if you got okay. it on your hands, if you go to wipe your hands off, they're not greasy or oily. Okay. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what kind you have, but that's generally that's what it is it's because it makes it easier to put it on and then wipe your hands and you're not like rubbing grease everywhere. And then I forgot. Now that I have my phone back, so I lost it. Yes. I did want to mention I started a book um, last night, mm-hmm. it, and I'm going to finish it today. It's Back to the Lake by Jessa Dean. She has a whole lake series oh, yeah. for some of her first books. But some of the books in the series are some of my favorite. But this one has started off so good. I'm only like 25% in. And it's got like this whole suspense thing, and she had a mm-hmm. crush on like her brother's friend next door or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's been like stalking her for two years, you find out. I just like <laughs> got to this point. And he's like, it's like, like your dream come true. She's like, I've been watching you. That's cute. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it's that. It's so bad. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> Give I can't me more. This. this is awesome. <laughs> I don't want it to end. <laughs> He's just been like stalking her, like waiting for the time to tick by, like counting time. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> but she's more sassier than normal because she's like, he's like, I've been waiting for you to be 21, and she's like. What do you? What do I have to have? What do I have to be able to drink for you to be able to fuck me for? Are you scared of my fucking brother? <laughs> She's just sassy. Oh, I like that. I like that. But you it's know, cute. I've made some TikToks recently where yeah. I've done like an interview with the heroine of our books, and you know what though, saying our books out loud. I know it's terrible. Has made me realize how fucked up they sound. <laughs> You know who I want? You guys should. She's done a few of them, and they're real mm-hmm. funny. But I've been waiting for you to do. Can you guess which one? That's in paperback. Victoria. That you haven't done. Oh. That I really want you to do. Because I know you don't like this bitch. Oh, I don't know. Now I'm more. Is it? Oh shit! Is it guarding his obsession? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> that's the only hero I can think of. I didn't like. Because everybody loves her, but you. I, know, I adore I, her. I know. I was like, as that I was book reading sold, this, like, book, I was like, how is this hero? Her. And you're like, I can't stand her. I was like, how can this hero fuck her? She's so annoying. Because <laughs> she reminds me of um, Amelia Bedelia. She does, yeah. She's just really aloof. That yes. uh, that would be a, a great way to describe her. She's very aloof. You tell her something, and she <clears throat> thinks it's it's yeah, literal. She, she's like, he's like, um, you need to move in with me. She's got to keep herself. It's like a security book. And yeah. She's like, oh, like we're getting married. We're gonna move together. And she <laughs> like, like packing like a Christmas. She gets wreath. a wreath. She gets her <laughs> Christmas wreath to go live with she's him. She's like packing everything. <laughs> and he's like. I guess because he's just kind of grunty and stoic. <laughs> See, when I when I, I feel like doing that interview, I'd be the serious one, and the hero would be like the dumb one. Yeah, because when I've done it now, the author is usually the I say the author like I'm in the third person, but the author is usually one that's like silly because <laughs> yeah, I made one the other day that was for everything for her, and I was like, I've got great news. <laughs> You've got a stalker. <laughs> And then the hair is just like. And you have all these pins like, in your hair. You just need adorable. I know. You should like give me send me a link to the TikTok so I can. Okay. Share yeah, I'll do that. For it's, everybody. it's ridiculous. Like the heroine's like, oh my god, I have a stalker, and I'm just like, as the author, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, I know, right? Jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that book. I love that. I know somebody said they were like, do his alone next. And I was like, the worst thing you could do is encourage this. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's bad for everybody. I if should I go keep back doing and this. read that book. God, I wouldn't mind writing another long, obsessive hero. Again. I know. I know. Just like the slow burn of realizing everything psychotic he's doing. <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah. But I like Shelter's style too because he was even more psycho. He just kidnapped her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one where he was like, oh, I like this one. She's coming to my farm forever. (laughs) I just love that when the hero has one of those moments, like, just walking through life, and it's just, like, plump right on the head. You're like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck is that? Yeah, like a tornado that came out of nowhere. But you got to think, Or an avalanche. Yep. Exactly. By the way, go get Avalanche of Love, and maybe out by now. I that one will be out. The other one should definitely be out. Blizzard of Love was the, the Blizzard is the second. So we've got yeah. Flurry of Love, Blizzard of Love, and then Avalanche. Of it's love, about a so. small town where mm-hmm. about, mountain men and yep. snow mm-hmm. and falling. Love, love on the Mountain series. Go grab it. It's like extra insta love. I think we said the mountain has like magic. 
Mm-hmm. I love that too. But you got to think like when you write a romance or you read a romance, you're starting at a point in a, like, let's say a heroine's life. Like, why are you starting her story at this point? What happens? You know, like, why is her story so important now? So, you know, that's the thing about writing is like, okay, I love it when it's like a tornado that comes out of nowhere, you know, like hits them on the head, that kind of thing. Because that's when their life turns. And that's when it's like, okay, you really begin here. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I've got a lady listener email to read. This one is entitled Biggest Fan Embarrassing Stories and Comments. Hello, ladies. This is my first time writing in. I love the podcast and listen to it on my way to work, on my way home from work, basically whenever I'm in my car by myself. (laughs) I feel I'm still pretty new to the romance genre, but once I started, I devoured Cat and Bones, Lauren Donner's New Species, Zorn Warriors and Cyborg Seduction Series. Duh. <laughs> Which like is our the best. Friend. I know. Kristen Ashley. The list goes on and on. All things Alexa Riley. That's in like big bold. Mm-hmm. I gasped open mouth when Leah cringed at writing guarding his obsession. Ah! Oh my God. I did not I did not read this beforehand. Stop the fucking presses. I gasped open mouth when Leah cringed at writing Guardian Kids' obsession. That is one of my favorites. I love it when you have awkward hero heroines and heroes. One that ones that have no filter because that's just the way they are. They're sm- so smart, which makes them less observant and they don't understand basic social cues. That's that fucking heroine to a T. <laughs> The podcast has turned me on to so many new authors. I'm ashamed to say that I had never read Tessa Bailey, and I feel I have missed out. I read Heat Stroke on KU, and that is totally my jam. I turned around and purchased it. I love a good MM with developed relationships. I also love the Alessandra Hazard Straight Voice series, if you haven't checked that out. There are so many conversations that you have had on the podcast where I wish I can jump in or whenever you talk about the movies or actors and you can't think of the name, I'm the one yelling at my radio like you can hear me with the answer. <laughs> so I wrote all of these, all of that to tell you two stories and a comment. Embarrassing sex story. I have been with my husband for 19 years. This year we'll be married for 15. He has always wanted to do anal. This, I swear to God, this, this is like, this is fucking out. crazy. She's in her head. He's always wanted to do anal and just can't bring myself to do it. Every holiday and birthday, he tries to bring up the subject, especially after a few drinks. LOL. We had a getaway weekend. We have two kids and I was going to try. We were in the shower because my friend told me it's the best place to try it for the first time. It is actually. I do not know if I agree with that. Like uh, water washes lube and prep. Water's no, dry when you have sex in it, oddly. No, it's the perfect place. It really, really is. Yep. Absolutely. Um, anyways, <laughs> my mom listens to this podcast. I'll tell you when we're done. <laughs> I was so nervous and my husband tried to relax me by doing everything else. Wink, wink. I was super turned on and ready to go as he slid the tip over my hole. <laughs> oh, God, your face. <laughs> I tooted. I can, I can see that. At least you're together a long time. I would not. It was just funny. I wasn't even 
At least with your husband, it's not so bad. I wasn't expecting that. I know. Because I remember, well, I, remember like, I got like, I had a hemorrhoid or something last year. I think my husband uh, took a picture of my asshole. <laughs> Gosh, I tooted. I was mortified. I jumped out of the shower with soap all over me. I guess I will try again in another 15 years. Oh my God. Why was she so mortified? I That's so cute. She said, I tooted. I t- I didn't see that going. Oh my god! (laughs) We should write that. Like, actually, have one fart during. No. Oh, it's so gross. No. (laughs) It takes me out of the moment because in Mariana's the Potty books, she'll say that. Like, she'll talk about the heroine's farting or going pee, and I'm like, I don't really need to read that. (laughs) All right, comment. I remember listening to Leah about how she doesn't really advertise to people that she is a romance writer. I totally understand. I sometimes feel judged that I read romance. When people ask me what I do, I say, teacher, I'm a teacher. I'm a mathematics professor at the college. But when I say mathematics professor, I get these wide eyes and get casted as uptight, straight-laced person. And that's the furthest from the truth. I am professional and do my job well. But at home, it's not like my husband and I solve math equations all day. (laughs) My (laughs) husband hates math. I understand, uh, I understand to want to have something that is yours, which is why you may not tell. When Leah was telling the story, for some reason, I kept thinking about running into her somewhere and striking up a conversation. She would tell me that she's a housewife, and I would tell her that I'm a teacher, and then I would never know and that, I had a com- that I had a conversation with one of my favorite authors of all time. Don't let people miss out on that opportunity. All of you ladies are amazing, creative, and real. I wish I could do what you do. Embarrassing best friend story. So, about not telling people about me reading romance novels. Remember, I'm a mathematics professor, and so is my best friend. I'm also the worst cook ever. I love this person. (laughs) We were at our work Christmas party at a restaurant, and we do Secret Santa. My best friend chose me. She got me a wine basket along with a book called Fifty Shades of Chicken. Here is the trailer for the book. She sent me a YouTube video. It is basically a cookbook, but the directions are told in a sexy way with a lot of innuendos. I didn't show the book to everyone, but I showed off the wine. After a few drinks, my best friend yells across the hibachi table and tells me to show another coworker the book and then yells in front of everyone. The book is perfect for her because she loves erotica and she can't cook. Again, mortified. My boss just started laughing and I ordered another Cosmo. <laughs> Feel free to read all, none, or some on the podcast. I just wanted to tell you all that you have a fan. I'm about to go make today my bitch a lady listener. I, kn- I love her. I love her so much. Like, how apropos that I was today. I to mention, because I, well, I saved it in my phone earlier that I left in the bathroom last, oh, yeah. last episode. I haven't started the series, but I downloaded all four books because I'm so excited. And I want to let everybody else know they're out there. Olivia Turner, Danny White, Frankie Love, and Hope Ford all released these books with Cherry. Oh, the Cherry series. Yes. And they're all supposed to have double virgins. Yes. So there are four short books out there with double virgins. That's so many double virgins. And I'm going to give you guys all the links. I was waiting because I see Danny White's came out last. And I I don't know what. She's just a click for me that I'm like, no. Crap. So. Those all have dropped. I need and I that want hit. You guys to know they're there. <laughs> all right, I'll make sure and go check those out. 
All right, so we've got Laura Pavlov with the second half of Dustin. And I know we told you on Tuesday, but I'm going to remind you again, this is connected to her Willow Springs series, which is all complete and out and in Kindle Unlimited. So you can go listen. Um, the last book in the Willow Springs series is the newest release she just had. Um, claimed release a couple of weeks ago, and the entire series is in KU as well. And her giveaway this week is a signed paperback, and she's doing a gift card with it as well. So don't forget that. Awesome. All right. Should we send them in? Let's do it. We'll see you guys on the other side. Chapter 5. Knox. The past few weeks had flown by in a blur. I popped into Crew's office on my way down to mine. Mara, my sister-in-law, who also worked there, was just coming out. What's up, mad dog? I said as I pulled her into a hug. Not much, she chuckled. Crew was just telling me that you're spending a lot of time with Hayden's sister Harper. I can't wait to see her at the wedding. It's been a long time. Of course, Hayden had invited my entire family, and the Carlisle brothers never missed an opportunity to celebrate. What are you, the town gossip? I asked my oldest brother, who was normally not the chattiest guy, but when it came to his wife, the man came alive. I was happy for him. He held his hands up. She was just asking why we hadn't seen you much over the past two weeks. It's fine. Harper's a friend. It's nice to reconnect. I'd leave it at that. Mara pushed up on her tiptoes and kissed my cheek. Love you, Noxie. Love you more. I said as I dropped to sit across from my brother, and Mara closed the door behind her. Since when do you have any interest in my private life? I asked, reaching across his desk and grabbing a handful of M&Ms out of the large bowl Mara kept filled for him. Damn, I loved that girl. You're right. I usually couldn't care less, but it's Harper Wallace. You were in love with her for as long as I can remember. I always wondered what happened there. You just lost touch when you left for college? I rolled my eyes. Love is a strong word, brother. Yeah, trust me. I know you well, and that's the only girl I ever saw you stare at like she set the sun. I figured you did something to screw it up. Fair enough. He did know me well. Something like that, I said as I ran a hand down the back of my neck. You were young. I'm glad you're getting a chance to fix it because when the right one comes along, you don't want to let her go, Knox. You know what I mean? It's not like that, crew. We're friends. Hell, Hayden would have my ass if I dated his sister. I'm just glad she doesn't hate me anymore. Yeah, you've mentioned her hating you a few times when you were drunk and possibly crying over the past decade, Crew said over his laughter. Bullshit. I've never cried, you asshole. You've had a few drunken breakdowns to me, Blade, and Dax. It's always been about Harper Wallace. We've been wondering when you were ever going to act on it. You traitors. You've talked about this? You've all had meltdowns, and I believe I've held your heads up when you've puked in a toilet more times than I can count. I'm not off laughing about it. Relax. No one's making fun of you. Just always noted that the same topic has come up a few times over the years when you were drunk. He shrugged. It's brother code. We never speak of this to anyone but the brothers. Got it? Oh, I got it, buddy. But I also tell my wife everything, he said. 
I pushed to my feet and flipped him the bird as I made my way to the door. Don't be surprised if you wake up with one eyebrow missing tomorrow, I said, pulling his door open. Wouldn't be the first time. Hey, Knox, he said as I was already halfway out the door. Yeah? Don't let fear hold you back. You're a good guy, but if you ever tell anyone I said that, I'll deny it. Love you, brother. I knocked on the doorframe before making my way to my office. I thought about what he'd said, and I kicked my feet up on my desk and dialed Hayden. Maybe I'd feel him out about me spending time with his sister. What's up, brother? He asked as my assistant, Brenda, walked in with a Starbucks and set it on my desk. Brenda, I'd be lost without you. You do not need to bring me coffee, but I feel like the luckiest bastard around that you continue to do it. Do you have that sweet woman running to get you coffee, you dickhead? Hayden said as Brenda hurried out of my office and shut the door. Dude, I keep telling her she doesn't need to do that. She's a grandmother and I think she just likes pampering me. Are you banging your secretary, asshole? Of course not. She's sixty fucking four years old, you dickweed. I can't help it if she wants to take care of me. He barked out a laugh and I couldn't help but join in. Yeah, you've always had that quality. What quality? Women want to pamper you for whatever fucking reason. My secretary has me grab her coffee on my way into the office. She's never once offered to give me anything. I heard someone shout in the background and then Hayden chuckled. Sorry, Denise, I meant no offense. However, your chai tea latte with almond milk and two Splendas is sitting on your desk. I chuckled. So, two weeks until the big day. Are you ready? So fucking ready. Glad you're going to be standing right there beside me, Knox. I whistled. Look at you, you sappy motherfucker. He laughed. What can I say? I'm so ready to stop talking about place settings and floral arrangements. Bullshit. You love it. I talked to Harper this morning. She said you've really helped her adjust to living in a new city. Can't thank you enough. He paused and I knew he was sipping his coffee. So, Naomi's brother's best friend will be at the wedding, and my girl is convinced that the dude is perfect for Harp. I swallowed hard. Do you even know the guy? I know his name is Graydon, and apparently he's an accountant. That's all I know. She knows how protective I am over Harp. Hell, she's not about to set my sister up with a dude who can't keep his dick in his pants. No offense to you. He barked out a laugh. FYI, I haven't been with a woman in several weeks. I'm kind of tired of the game, if you know what I mean. Seriously? The eternal bachelor is in a rut? My cell phone vibrated with a text. Harper, hey, I'm getting off early today and I have big news. Do you want to grab an early dinner? The thought of seeing her again tonight made my stomach flutter like a goddamn schoolgirl. Me, hell yeah. Where do you want to go? We'd been having dinner together every night, but it was usually quick because she normally worked late. I'd have more time to spend with her tonight, and I was looking forward to it. Harper. Max's at 5 p.m.? Me. Look at you acting like a local. I'll see you there. Earth to dickhead, Hayden said, and I'd completely forgotten he was still on the phone, because my mind was on a different Wallace. Chapter 6 Harper 
I waved Knox over when he walked through the door, and I moved to my feet and hugged him. I got the case, I squealed. Of course you did, Harp. They'd be fucking crazy not to give it to you. We both dropped in our seats, and our server took our cocktail order first. I told Knox all about the hospital that I would be representing. This was my first big case as lead counsel, and it felt damn good. The first person I thought of was Knox. In my defense, I didn't know many people here, but if I were telling the truth, any time something good happened over the years, I always thought of him first. He'd always been that person for me when I was young, and I guess I'd missed him more than I wanted to admit. We both ordered dinner when the server set down our drinks, and Knox raised his glass. Cheers to all the good things, Harp. You deserve it. You're the best person I know, just don't tell my mama I said so. He laughed, and I bit down on my bottom lip and tried to stay in control of my emotions. Thank you. How was your day? I talked to your brother, he said, and there was something there in his eyes. Was he nervous? I couldn't place it. Oh, yeah? I haven't talked to him today. How is he? He took a long pull from his beer. He's good. He told me Naomi wants to set you up with her brother's best friend. I think his name is Dick. I barked out a laugh. His name is Graydon. She's been talking about him for a while. I guess I'll be meeting him at the wedding. His jaw ticked and he nodded. I see. So, what do you even know about him? He asked as our food was set down in front of us. Careful, Knox. You sound a bit jealous, I said before reaching for my burger and taking a bite. I'm just looking out for you. He popped a few fries in his mouth. We both laughed and we ordered another round of drinks. We talked about our days and caught up, just like we'd been doing every day for the past few weeks, and it felt like no time had passed. Knox paid the bill after I fought him for it, but the man was not having it. We walked outside, and the evening air was a nice reprieve from the heat this afternoon. We walked stride for stride toward my apartment building, and he told me that his assistant, Brenda, kept bringing him coffee when he'd told her numerous times that she didn't need to do that. Aw, your inner feminist hates that she continues to do it, doesn't she? I said over my laughter as we approached my building. Well, you know, my mother would not go for that shit, but I can't say it isn't nice that she keeps doing it. He leaned over, tucking the hair behind my ear. You've always liked being pampered. I smiled and moved a little closer, my chest touching his. You've got a tender heart under that playboy armor. Oh, yeah, I think you know me better than anyone, he said. I used to. Nothing's changed, Harp, he said, the back of his knuckles grazing my cheek. I think I can still read you, but sometimes I don't know, I whispered. Like when? He asked, and his tongue swiped out to wet his bottom lip, and I squeezed my thighs together to stop the building ache. Tonight, were you jealous about me being set up with Graydon? I needed to know if I was misreading the signals, because these past two weeks reminded me how close we once were. It felt like no time had passed, and for the first time in ten years, I felt that burning desire deep in my soul— like I couldn't breathe if I didn't kiss this man. So fucking jealous, Harp. The thought of you with another man? I can't see fucking straight now that I have you back in my life. My eyes welled with tears, torn between my own desire and the fear that I had about allowing myself to fall again for Knox Carlyle. My resolve was slipping, 
and I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't want to stop it. Do you want to come up and have a nightcap? I asked, and I couldn't help but laugh because it sounded so ridiculous. So bad, Harp. I want you so fucking bad. I sucked in a long breath and reached for his hand to lead him upstairs. I may be making a huge mistake, but I didn't care. I wanted him, and I couldn't deny my feelings anymore. Chapter 7 Knox When she unlocked her door, I didn't miss the way her hand trembled. I reached for her wrist once we were inside and pressed her back to the door. Look at me, I said, waiting for her dark eyes to meet mine. I want you, all of you. I'm going to talk to your brother. I just need some time to figure it out. She nodded. I can talk to him too, Knox. I'll make him understand. Hell, he loves us both. He might be happy about it. He wouldn't. I knew it, and she did too. And he'd be right to be skeptical about me. He knew me. He just didn't know that I was fucking head over heels in love with his sister. Please, let me make this right, Harp. But right now, I just want to focus on you and me. Ever since you've been back, you're all I can think about. Me too, she whispered, and her breaths were labored. I love you, Harp. I always have. I always will. Tears streamed down her gorgeous face. I love you too. Even when I didn't want to, I couldn't help myself. My mouth covered hers. My tongue dipped in, tasting and exploring, desperate for more. My hands tangled in her hair, and I pressed myself against her. I cupped her sweet ass and lifted her up, her legs wrapped around my waist. My room, she whispered, not allowing our mouths to part for more than a second. Her hands were around my neck as I made my way down the hallway. When I got to her room, I dropped her on the bed, her hair was splayed all around her, and her white sundress made her look like some sort of goddamn angel. You're so fucking beautiful. I've missed you so much. She looked up at me, dark eyes full of desire. I need you now, Knox. I brushed the hair out of her face. Are you sure? I don't want to rush you. I've been waiting a decade for this moment. I don't want to wait one more second. That was all I needed to hear. I lifted her dress up and over her head, exposing her perfect tits covered in white lace. I tossed her dress on the floor and my mouth came over her bra, licking and sucking through the fabric as she groaned. My hand moved behind her back and unsnapped her bra, needing more, needing everything. I flicked her hard peaks with my tongue, and she writhed beneath me. Please, she whispered. My lips moved down her body. Her skin was soft and smooth, so sweet. My fingers moved beneath her lace panties, and I slipped them off. I buried myself between her legs, my tongue finding her most sensitive spot, she moaned as her hips bucked frantically and her fingers tangled in my hair, holding me there. I'd never been so turned on in my life. My dick was having a meltdown as he raged against my zipper. But I didn't care. Right now, 
All I cared about was seeing Harper come undone with my mouth on her. It was the hottest fucking thing I'd ever seen. She cried out my name, and I kept my mouth on her as she rode out every wave of pleasure, loving the little moans escaping her lips. I need you right now, Knox, she said as she pulled my head up so my mouth could meet hers. I kissed her hard before pulling back to find the condom in my wallet. She pushed up on her elbows to watch me and then moved forward and reached for the button of my jeans as I tore my dress shirt off and the buttons went flying. Harper's eyes looked up to meet mine and she chuckled. Anxious? Damn straight. She shoved my jeans and boxer briefs down my legs as I struggled to kick my shoes off and nearly ate shit as I tried to get back on that bed with her. I tore the top of the wrapper off with my teeth and spit it on the ground before I covered my erection in latex. Her eyes were filled with fire, and she tugged me down as she lied back on the bed. No more waiting, she said. No more waiting. My mouth covered hers as I settled between her legs, teasing her entrance. The only audible sounds were our hot breaths coming hard and fast. Our gazes locked. I wanted to watch her. When we'd done this a decade ago, I didn't know it would be the last time. I fucking missed you, Harp, I said as I pushed inside slowly, inch by inch. Her nails dug into my back, and it only urged me on more. I gave her a minute to adjust to my size, and she bit down on her bottom lip. So fucking sexy. We started to move together as one, like we'd been doing this our entire lives, and I never wanted it to end. We were both gasping, moans and groans flooding the air around us. My hand moved between us, knowing exactly what she needed. She gasped before my name left her lips on a whisper. I moved faster, once, twice, and I went over the edge right with her, exactly where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. Chapter 8 Harper Knox and I had been spending every waking moment that we weren't at work together. We ate together, we had amazing sex, at night, in the morning, in the shower, everywhere. But there was an elephant in the room that he kept avoiding, and I'd be lying if I wasn't nervous that he would run once again. Today we were leaving for Willow Springs for my brother's wedding. Knox wanted to speak to him in person tonight. That was the plan. So until they spoke, we'd have to keep our distance. The whole thing was ridiculous. We were adults. It was none of my brother's business. But Knox had allowed this to become an issue. I wanted to tell Hayden that first morning after we'd spent the night together. A phone call was more than fair because we were adults, and he didn't have a say in who I dated, just like I didn't screen Naomi when they started dating. But Knox's relationship with Hayden was very important to him, and obviously I didn't want to come between them. But he was giving my brother way too much power over our lives, and I was growing irritated. So, we'll take the helicopter home to Willow Springs, okay? Crew and Mara aren't coming until tomorrow. Hayden would expect me to fly you home with me, so don't worry about him being suspicious. He said as we both lay on our sides and faced one another. I'm not worried about him being suspicious. 
I'm worried about you allowing him to have a say over our relationship, Knox. It's so ridiculous. We're happy. We're in love. He'll get over it or he won't. That's not an option, Harp. I owe him an explanation. I'm going to tell him tonight before the rehearsal dinner, okay? I nodded. All right. It's going to be fine. You're such a good man, Knox. Hayden knows that. He's your best friend. He knows you better than anyone. He flinched at my words, and it infuriated me that my brother would make his best friend think he wasn't good enough for me. I've got this, baby. I promise. I'm going to make it right. His mouth came over mine, and he kissed me hard. Every time we talked about this, we always ended up kissing away the worries. But we were going home today, and time was up. It was time to face this head-on and move forward. I didn't want to hide our relationship this weekend, and it angered me that I couldn't sit with the man that I loved at the rehearsal dinner. Knox insisted he would try to talk to Hayden before dinner so we could move things around and sit together. But for whatever reason, I didn't have faith that this was going to happen. My stomach twisted at the thought, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We'd all met outside at the Willow Springs Country Club, where the wedding would be held tomorrow. I hadn't heard from Knox since he'd dropped me at my brother's house after we flew home on the helicopter. He'd been missing since we'd arrived at the club, as had my brother. My stomach twisted, hoping it wouldn't be a big deal. You look gorgeous, baby girl, my mother said as she came to stand beside me. My father and I had shared an awkward moment when I first arrived. We didn't have much of a relationship, and I was used to it, but it didn't mean that it didn't hurt when I saw him in person and had to relive that distance. You too, Mama, I said as my eyes scanned the room, waiting for Knox and Hayden to show up. How did it go with your dad? Awkward, but that's okay. It stings a little less each time, right? I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know I love you, and I'm so happy we're here together to celebrate this special occasion. Me too, I said, just as Knox and Hayden strode outside. My stomach dipped with anticipation. I searched my brother's face for any sign of distress. Then my gaze locked with Knox's, and he shook his head just enough to let me know that he hadn't done it. And he may as well have slapped me in the face, because that's exactly what it felt like. Chapter 9 Knox. I'd texted Harper a dozen times and she hadn't responded. She barely looked at me at the rehearsal dinner after I'd whispered to her that it wasn't the right time when I'd walked her down the aisle for practice last night. I'd tried to talk to Hayden, but he was having a panic attack about the fact that he was getting married. I couldn't spring my shit on him, not yet. I walked out into the kitchen in the house I grew up in, and my mother was making eggs and bacon. Our house always smelled like home cooking. How was the rehearsal, sweetheart? She asked as she put some food on two plates and set them on the table for us. Where's Dad? He's out in the barn feeding the horses. He already ate. I told him to hurry up because he needs to shower and get ready. It's wedding day. Yep. Should be a fun day. My mother studied me. What's going on, Knox? You've been acting strange since you got home. Talk to me. She placed her hand over mine, and I wanted to lie, 
tell her I was fine, but couldn't do it this time. I messed up, Mama. Tell me what happened and we'll fix it, she said, and her dark gaze looked so determined that I actually believed her. She'd always made everything better, even after all she'd been through, losing a child and grieving the way she had all these years. She still showed up every day, loving her family the best way she could. I'm... I paused to take a sip of juice. I'm in love with Harper Wallace. Her lips turned up in the corners. Oh, I'm so glad you two figured things out. I always knew she was the one. My mouth gaped open, but I closed it quickly, because it shouldn't surprise me. My mother knew her children better than anyone. I was supposed to talk to Hayden last night, and I couldn't do it. Her gaze narrowed. Honey, you're a grown man. She's a grown woman. You love her. There's no shame in that. He won't understand, Mom. She remained quiet for a long time before she found her words. Knox, I need you to listen to me. I've known Hayden Wallace since he was a little boy. He will not have an issue with you dating his sister if you love her. I don't think that's what's holding you back, son. She swiped at a falling tear. Of course it is. No, honey, she said, and her words broke on a sob. I think you're afraid of loving someone deeply after losing Belle. She was your twin sister, baby. A part of you died that day right along with her. And you can put on a happy face and pretend you're okay every year on your birthday. But I know you, Knox Daniel. Stop running. It's time. Belle would not want you living your life alone and fearful. A tear ran down my face, and it was difficult to speak over the lump in my throat. I don't know why I'm so afraid. And there it was. The way I felt about Harper Wallace terrified the hell out of me. It had ten years ago, and it still did today. Harper was right when she called me a coward back then. Because loving someone is scary, but it's also wonderful. Go and make things right. I kissed my mother's cheek and cleared my place before heading to the showers as I processed her words. I dressed quickly and hurried over to the country club to get ready with my best friend on his big day. I searched the foyer for Harper, but there was no sign of her. I marched into the back room where Hayden was getting ready. I was thirty minutes early, but I figured he'd be there just waiting on his own. When I knocked on the door, his father answered and nodded at me before leaving the room. Everything okay? I asked as I pulled Hayden in for a hug. Yeah, yeah. He's worried about Harp. He thinks she seems distant. He went to the minibar and poured us each a drink. Here we go. I know it's not the best timing, but I can't wait another minute. There's something I need to tell you. He dropped to sit on the brown leather chair. All right. I paced in front of him and downed my drink. I'm in love with Harper. I have been for as long as I can remember. It's not a fling. It's the real deal, brother. But I need your blessing. I need you to trust me because I'm going out of my fucking mind because I'm so head over heels in love with her. I shouted, and he pushed to his feet. Knox, relax. I believe you. 
Hell, who am I to judge? I always thought there was something between you two, but I don't even want to know when it started. He put a hand on each of my shoulders. It's none of my business unless you fuck around on her. Just love her right, brother. If you hurt her, I'll have to kill you. He bellowed out in laughter. Well, I did not expect that, I said, clapping him on the shoulder. But your sister isn't fucking speaking to me because I was supposed to talk to you last night. Chickened out, huh? He asked, just as someone knocked on the door and his other groomsmen walked in cheering. It's go time, one of them said, and we all headed for the door. Hayden turned around and leaned in close to me. No better time to tell someone you love them than at a wedding. Make this right, Knox. Stop running. Tell her now. Did everyone know that I was just a scared little pussy? I nodded as we headed out and Hayden kissed his sister on the cheek before walking down the aisle. We all lined up. Harper and I stood at the back of the line. She wouldn't look at me. Harp. I whispered as I reached for her hand and the music started playing. Couple after couple made their way down the aisle. Not now. She yanked her hand away as the wedding planner motioned for us to wait. I need to talk to you, I whispered in her ear, and she looked straight ahead and held her chin high as the wedding planner motioned for us to go. I looked down the aisle at my best friend who was smiling as he watched me. He nodded. Stop being a pussy. She tugged her hand away dramatically again when I tried to reach for it, and a few people laughed. I came to a stop, and Harper glanced over her shoulder with wide eyes. Stop, I said, and I extended my arm to her. What are you doing? She whispered as her hands landed on her hips. I need you to listen to me. Everyone grew completely quiet, and Harper glanced over at her brother. Hear him out, Harp, he yelled. She faced me, her eyes wet with emotion. I was scared, baby, scared of how fuck, sorry, how much I love you. Hayden knows, hell, everyone knows apparently, because I've loved you my entire life, and I'm done running. She didn't say a word. She swiped at her cheeks and then lunged toward me, and I caught her, just like I planned to do for the rest of my life. I love you, she said against my ear. Love you too. Sorry to break up this little love fest, but can I please get married now? Hayden shouted and everyone laughed and cheered as Harper and I made our way down the aisle. And I knew in that moment that the next time she walked down the aisle, she'd be walking toward me because Harper Wallace was the love of my life. She was my past, my present, my forever. This has been Destined by Laura Pavlov. Read for you by James Amherst. Vanished in Denver by Lane Daniels. She humiliated my kid brother, and that's not allowed. It doesn't matter that she's just a college girl or that half the time he's such a little punk, he probably deserved it. He's an Aslanov, as am I. The city and everything of value within it belongs to our family, to me. I am Marat Antoniovic Aslanov, firstborn of Anton Aslanov. Nothing has ever mattered more than showing the world I am even stronger than the man who fathered me and twice as ruthless in protecting what's ours. 
At least, that's what matters before Sage Peterson. Finding her is easy, taking her is simple, allowing her to leave isn't going to happen. Captivated by their captive, these made men only answer to the women they love. Dangerous bad boys, thrilling suspense, and a passion worth dying for. These possessive men will break all the rules to claim the women who have stolen their hearts. If you love boundary-pushing men who are sexy, scintillating, and seriously dangerous, this is the series for you. Vanished in Denver by Lane Daniels. Live now. Welcome back. Welcome back. So thank you so much, Laura Pavlov, for being on the podcast with us this week. I wanted to mention a few things. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, I was I just going to say, like, go, oh, sorry. We're talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just was going to say, go get the rest of her stuff if you like this. Go listen to everything Yes, else. everything okay, will be in sorry. the show notes, but I wanted to mention in the show yes. notes, too, we have Read Me Romance paperbacks up. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had several left over um, after we did the summer book box, and we just so, thought we'd put them on the website. So, yeah, if you guys seen those summer beach boxes, which mm-hmm. we sold out of, like, like two that. seconds in. We still yeah. have paperback sets. They come in two. You get both books together. And, yeah. I'll link that for you guys if you guys want to get that. And don't forget, Alexa Riley, too, has some paperbacks up right now. Yes, for sale on too. the website. that link in here, too. Is there Good idea. Else? Should we tell them about selling, signing up for the newsletter? Or we have some more merch stuff that's going to drop. Oh, it's yeah. Exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a numbered amount. We're only doing so many. Mm-hmm. And if you... The first people that are going to be able to know are the people on the newsletter. They're going to yeah. get it, and they're going to get it hours earlier before we post it on social media. Yeah. So you have to sign up for the newsletter if you want to be one of the first to know. So, I mean, sidebar, the newsletter is how we keep the podcast going. So <laughs> yeah. I need you guys signed up for it. I need you guys reading it. Even if you just glance over, see if something interests you, if not, fine. Mm-hmm. But that's how we keep the podcast going. Um, up next week we have, uh, it's Andy and I think I'm pronouncing it the right way. Cause I looked up how, um, she said to say it and it's, I think it's Finishel, Finish, Finishel. I think that might uh-huh. be it. I'm not I'm trying not to butcher it. So she's up next week with us with Elaine to fame and I'm super excited about it. This will be my first book with her. So I'm really ready. So should be fun. So, she's got another book that's called Dad Bond. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> I have my eye on it. <laughs> All right. I guess tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a